Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Awakened Sundays. If you are new here, this episode and every episode is recorded live. I hope everybody had a great week, productive week, filled with probably, hopefully, good news, good vibes. And this week, I have a very special, special guest, my friend, one of my best and closest friends, Anastasia Moretidu, psychotherapist and fresh in the community yes (laughs) and i'm so excited because you know usually i'm the one talking shit but now we have a professional among us (laughs) thank you so much for coming thank you i was uh so excited when you suggested i should come and honestly uh i love the podcast i love the series i love how genuine and original it is And I think this is something that we've been doing as friends as well. Like you always bring this spiritual uh, and genuine side on the table and I bring the more therapeutic uh, side. So we have very productive conversations in general. Yeah, no, 100 percent. Personally, Anastasia is like the therapist of the group, of our friend group. And I'm more of like the more spiritual, like you said but definitely insightful and you know you know i've grown with anastasia like personally and it's very exciting to see like her work that she's done and especially with your work with um all these all all these cultures that you've worked with Mm -hmm. like multiculture and you know like the this podcast we're trying to be as inclusive as possible right um so far our so far the we're mostly like approaching women and the episodes that we've had is you know more targeted towards women but it still doesn't mean that it's not um applicable towards men as well but it's definitely um about all types of genders and race and all all different cultures and it's i feel like you were like the perfect person to bring here especially on the topic of today which is toxic relationships Mm -hmm. and the difference between a toxic relationship and a narcissistic relationship because there is a difference and uh, yeah i couldn't think of a more like perfect person to bring here than you to be honest so what is a toxic relationship actually like let's just start with the the basics okay so uh i think toxic in general is something that we use a lot when we describe uh, situations people or relationships and i think when it comes to toxic relationships we define a relationship where where there are two individuals two people Uh, that they have great difficulty coexisting in that relationship. Mm. And when I mean coexisting, I mean either communicating things, Mm. respecting each other's boundaries, um, using uh, abuse or disrespectful ways uh, to share things, uh, communicate emotions or, you know, pass messages to each other. Okay. Um, and this is uh, a very tricky situation because what happens is that usually no one leaves the relationships. So it's just an ongoing circle of toxic, uh, you know, uh, energy that goes round and around. And usually there is no even an end to it. That's why toxic relationships usually last yes. long. And I feel like a lot of people that even if they know or they don't know they're in a toxic relationship, they think that the the longevity of the cycle indicates love. 
It's because of the love. It's because that, oh my God, we love each other so much that we just keep coming back to each other and we just can't get away from each other. But in reality, it's toxic. At least, you know, from my experience and from my friends personally, we're mistaken that mm. the, the cycle is just love. When in reality, it's just something completely different. Like completely different. And so... I'm sure that you've worked with people who have been in toxic relationships. What would you say that are like basic signs to know that someone is in a toxic relationship? Because some people may not know or if they're the toxic ones. Mm. I think the very first thing that we observe in toxic relationships when we talk to a person who's Mm -hmm. in a relationship like that is that they have stopped caring about how the other person feels or Mm. what the other person wants so they're more enwrapped into uh whether what they say is right what they feel is right what they want and what they want to achieve and they completely lose the point of us of we Mm. which is very very important in a relationship like a team almost exactly okay and this is one of the very very first things that we see uh, you kind of lose the point of the whole relationship, basically, which is okay. this partnership, mm. this characteristic of partnership, because we all have special needs as individuals. But when we're talking about relationships and you're talking about a problem in your relationship, only from one's perspective, without wondering what your behavior might, you know, uh, what's the reaction that causes to the other person, we, it's... A re- it's a bell that rings that, okay, something might not be okay in this relationship. Other signs of toxic relationships are any kind of abuse. Okay. Um, physical abuse is an extreme situation. Yes. But not that rare, though. No, it's not rare. Uh, it happens because be- behind closed doors. And it's very common for people when they start therapy after a while to actually open up start opening up about it, whether they are the ones receiving it, but also the ones, you know, doing it. Yeah. And this is this also comes with great shame. Yeah. The fact that a partner might admit to me that I have hit my wife, my husband or my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, but also emotional abuse. Sometimes I think that that is even worse, to be honest. It is really difficult. Because it creates, from my opinion, let's say... I feel like it creates like a like a victim mentality almost mm. and you feel like you're trapped like that's why I think that it's kind of worse because it, the with the gaslighting as well which we will explain and and later but with the gaslighting as well you I feel like you get to a point where you feel like you are nothing without this person mm. am I right I don't know if it's if it's something that's you know in your studies or like it's a common thing but i feel like this is a one of the reasons why it's so hard to end it to be honest it's really hard to end it uh in general when uh you put yourself in this situation and i i would say put yourself in that situation some things might happen unconsciously but what i do in my work i think that everybody has a share of responsibility when you are in a relationship i keep saying that even in the last episode i said that that you know we we have to take accountability ourselves because the somebody may may cause you pain but at the same time you allowed it at a certain point to happen because it happens once but then for it to happen three four five six 
10 times mm. or even years, you allow that to happen. Like the reasons why personally were, you know, because you may not value yourself or you may not realize your worth or you don't even know who you are and what you what your boundaries are. So it's very easy for mm. somebody to, you know, manipulate you because you genuinely have no idea. Right. What are your boundaries? Like until it happens to you, you're like, what the fuck was even like, what is even going on? Um, or that you genuinely just don't love yourself. So mm. that I feel like is the my personal reason for my relationships why it had such longevity to it right and one thing that it's very interesting to me and i have noticed with people i work with but also friends is that uh when you ask them about their relationship they're like my relationship is good Mm. but this is something very general and then i go and ask them does it feel good though period because being good but feeling good there are two completely different things yeah because that it is good it gives you this superficial you know um character in a relationship like what does it mean for a relationship to be good is it how they look is it what they have achieved but actually feeling good in a relationship is a completely different experience yeah 100 percent. and i often found myself personally because Uh, like I said earlier, like there is a difference between a toxic relationship and a narcissistic relationship. Mm-hmm. But even in both relationships, because I've had both, even though there would be a time of like rest, like one or two months where we wouldn't fight necessarily, like mm-hmm. nothing was going on. And even though somebody would ask me like, How's, how are you guys? And I'd be like, we're good. There was something inside me that was like, we are not good. Like, I remember that. I could feel like I even though there was nothing to it like at that moment that could justify that feeling, mm. it just wasn't right. Like I felt that me saying good it was more or so the superficial summed up version because you don't want to explain or you don't you don't want to really think about it. So you're just like, "Oh yeah, we're good." Why did you have difficulty saying it out loud and admitting admitting it to yourself, though? I think because I always feared of failure. Mm. Because I don't... I didn't want... I, I really cared a lot about what people thought about me. Not anymore, but I used to care a lot about what people thought about me. And I really wanted to be like, no, I'm going to make it work. I'm going mm. to fix it. I'm going to make sure... I'm going to turn it around. And that, I mean, it, it comes from a lot of things, like from uh, like a serial fixer, <laughs> me being like a serial fixer, I have to fix everything, make sure everything is good. Um, even though like you cannot possibly fix something so-called if it's only from one person, like you right. need two people to fix it. Because I think it is possible from a, for a toxic relationship to reverse into a healthy one. Mm-hmm. If you both accept and realize that there is work and you can work together i mean i know people who have been able to work on that um but if just one person is the one that's like okay i want to hold on to that then it's not going to be the situation at all like there's absolutely no way 
that something is going to change when the other person does not realize that there's, there's a problem in the first place right. and take accountability for their own flaws and mistakes mm-hmm. and their own behavior because I can take accountability. Like I said earlier, like I knew that I had to work on my self-worth and stuff, but the other person didn't even realize that they had toxic tendencies mm. and they were doing toxic things. And every time I would bring it up, it's like, oh, you're acting crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Why do you have to ruin a good thing? We were so good and now here you are creating arguments because gaslighting, when you try to you know, bring an issue of a mm. concerned partner and the other person is like, oh, you're creating problem. When all you're doing is communicating your problems and it's immediately like turned down Mm. that you're trying to cause problems like you have to mentally prepare yourself for a fight every time that you're trying to bring something simple and yeah it's um i don't know how we how i sidetracked like that but but you said something very interesting and i just want to make a comment here that this is another sign of a toxic relationship and a differentiation with being in a relationship with a narcissist Mm. in a toxic relationship we find two individuals going through a situation within themselves that does not allow them to come together Mm. and this is something that possibly can be fixed or somehow developed it into something else. In relationships with narcissists, this is not something that can develop easily. Yeah. Because unfortunately, people with narcissistic traits, according to research, have very, very bad prognosis when it comes to uh, overcoming this state. Yeah. So this is a, a very significant difference between the two kinds of relationships. Yeah, but you, I feel like a lot of people don't know the difference between Mm. a narcissist. I mean, I feel like the common trait with a toxic relationship and a narcissist in in a narcissistic relationship is manipulation, Mm -hmm. psychological abuse and gaslighting. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is something that happens in both situations. But the question here is for somebody who's listening and is like, okay, but how do we differentiate the two? Like, how can you know if somebody's a narcissist or they're just being toxic? Mm. Remember before that we mentioned being in toxic relationships, we're talking about two people who are acting out in a way? Yes. When we are uh, talking about narcissistic relationships or being in a relationship with a narcissist, things are not that shared. Mm. We're talking about an individual who has what we call this narcissistic trait, which we can explain Mm. what exactly that is. And we have a person that is literally there to feed this. Mm. When we talk about narcissistic trait, we're talking about an individual who has this, uh, who is very self-centered, has this grandiosity, who might manipulate others uh, in a way so he or she can be uh, in a top position. Uh, And the most important characteristic is that they create very unstable relationships because they lack empathy. And this is key. They cannot understand and relate to the emotion of the other person. This is something that is almost unachievable with these individuals. And it drives you crazy. Mm. Like, for me, being in a narcissistic relationship, I've said this before, I didn't know I was in one. 
And that's why I, I was unable to know the, the traits mm. of one. But the, the unable to have empathy was, it could, it was honestly and without exaggeration, I felt like I would end up in a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. Because you cannot fathom the, the incapability of someone to have compassion. Like, I would literally cry, try to explain to the person the hurt that they've caused me. And they would literally sit there and look at me and just look at me. Mm. And just, I could tell that from the words coming out of their mouth, it wasn't because they felt those words, but it because they thought it was what I wanted to hear. Right. You know when you have people sometimes that they're like, they don't really care about you and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you or something like that. But you can, you can feel that they don't really understand or they don't mm. really care. It literally felt like that. And it would, it, they would, and a narcissist from my sense will take you to a point where you will literally break down. Like I'm talking about a full mental breakdown, which in my toxic relationships, I never had. Like they, it was more of like a game kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like I will do this and I'm going to say this to spite you. And it was just more of like just toxic behavior, like towards each other right. in a more like a immature game way, but not in like a, I'm going to destroy you mentally kind of mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. you know? And the, the important thing is that in, in a relationship with a narcissist, narcissistic relationship, there are stages to it because yes. the first time what a narcissist is trying to achieve is that he or she makes you love them, right? Groom you. So everything uh, creates this uh, super attractiveness over this uh, individual. I call that love bombing. Mm. Like a, it w- it's just a, like a time period, like six months, a year of like bliss. Like they will literally make every effort to like make you involved mentally and Mm. emotionally in the relationship like they will act like the perfect everything they will study you let me tell you like i really felt now that i'm out of it and i can like go back and trace narcissists will really study you to the point like they will ask you they will find out what how what is your love language they will find out what is you know what is um how do you get validation? How do you feed your, like, how do you feel secure? Like they will literally study you and feed you mm. all that you need. And you will literally feel like, oh my God, this is the one, like, this is the, this is the one person for me. Like finally the perfect person. And then that behavior changes, like slowly, but surely mm-hmm. the behavior changes and you keep going back to the that time period of like the six month one year period where you're like oh but we had such a great time then he this is just the phase we he will we will go back to that right but it never comes back because it's a mechanism that activates because usually when we're talking about people with narcissist who have this narcissistic trait we're talking about people who deep inside they're empty Mm. so what happens is that they find an individual who has also has the tendency and literally, uh, they, they take this energy away from them. They're like, love me, love me, love me, love me. And then it changes. It, it establishes at a point where they have the upper hand and they have the control and the attention that they need. And the other person is left steps behind. Yeah. 
And yeah. this is exhausting for the other person. It is exhausting. I mean, it's... Um, uh, you know, I feel like narcissists, like their target is empaths. Mm. Because empaths really have everything that they are not. And it's just, I feel like the perfect target for them to feed off that grandiosity, that, you know, that hole that they have. And I have never in my life experienced a better manipulator than a narcissist. Mm. And as an empath, it is so fucking hard to understand that you're being manipulated by a narcissist mm -hmm. because they're so good at it because they have studied you so well mm -hmm. and they know your buttons and they know what do you need to hear in order to make you stay in order for you to not say you know fuck you and leave right and it's so hard to realize unless you're educated this is the whole reason why we're doing this, this now so you are educated so you don't fall for that If you don't know, it's so hard to understand that you're being manipulated. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who may not know, what would you say are indications that you are being manipulated? One of the first things that I remember very vividly uh, and I have experienced in my sessions with people who have been in similar relationships is that they're at some point they do not understand what's going on with themselves because they experience things that the other person tells them they're not reality. <gasps> my i'm triggered <laughs> and, and this is no this is a very 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 uh it's like a key point yeah because uh the the other person does not validate your it's not just that they do not validate how you feel in your experience they try to alter situations in a way that they make you they literally make you feel that you're crazy that this never happened basically it's almost like a brainwash it's not like a it's not a, like a you know academic term so-called but it did it does feel like a total brainwash because if you keep hearing like over and over again that you're crazy that you're unreasonable that your feelings are not your feelings that you're imagining the feelings mm -hmm. because they will tell you like but Why can you just understand that I love you? Why can you just realize that I never meant to actually hurt you? You have the problem because you are trying to make it seem that I'm trying to hurt you when I'm not. And you literally are like, wow, like, I, why do I have, and then you start talk, like questioning yourself and you're like, wow, am I so broken that I, right. I try to, I tried to ruin a good thing. Like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, this person is trying to love me and I'm over here trying to, you know, ruin it. Because you keep hearing it all the time that there's this one point, no matter how strong you think you are, they will break you. Mm -hmm. They will break you because they will never finally, they will never tell you like, yeah, you're right. No, this is not They will never ever tell you that. Mm. And they, if they tell you that, it's because they are trying to get you on your good side because they want you on, 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 they want you on your good side for them. Mm. Like, for me personally, when they, we would have like extreme arguments, like extreme, like honestly, if you were my neighbor at the time, like I'm so, I'll repeat it your ears because it wasn't extreme. And it would, it, I would reach to, like I said, like a, ment like a full mental breakdown. And when they realize that I reached that point of a mental breakdown and they realize that I, there's no further that I can go, 
they switch and they're like mm. i'm so sorry babe you know like i really don't want us to fight do you know why this happens because you're feeding them mm. your mental breakdowns is feeding their narcissism because exactly. look what i can cause to the other person exactly and this is a very tricky point in these relationships because being completely numb or not pay attention to their behaviors is something that actually can you know make them crazy yeah. but when the other person actually reacts to all these uh behaviors of them this actually feeds them oh look how upset i made her or i made him like and this is caused by me i must be really important to to make a person you know to take a person to this place So this is actually, this creates this kind of relationship. And the most important thing is that people who should actually engage in relationship with narcissists, they have some characteristics as well. They're very self-sacrificing individuals. Lord. And what I also uh, hear from them is that they think that their love can change the other person, which wow. is also very, very tricky, right? Wow. And let me tell you, like in my experience, I was, they will sell you this sob story about how they had such a rough upbringing and mm-hmm. how their parent like abandoned them and, or whatever the situation may be, or they grew up in an abusive household and, you know, like they had this tough, tough life and you make like as an empath, you they immediately feed you this thing of like oh my god like i'm gonna love you like no one else did like mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna make sure that you're good because with me you're gonna be the happiest you've ever been mm. like and and they know that and when they start realizing that that's the kind of person that you are they there was one occasion when like i i expressed to him like you know like um I don't appreciate the way that you're treating me. Like, you're treating me like garbage, basically. Mm. And, you know, I'm over it. Like, I don't want to be treated like that. Like, I think that I don't want to continue in this relationship if this is going to happen. And I should have known then, but this is for you to know now, as somebody who's hearing, the the response to that was, they used their trauma against me. Mm. They used the, this sob story of like, oh, you left me just like my parent did. You left me just like this person did. And it creates this major manipulation. Mm-hmm. Major. That like, and you're like immediately like in your heart. Like you said, as somebody who, you know, um, loves and, you know, they want to fix and they want to, you know, my love is going to change and this and that. You're immediately like, oh my God, like, no, like, I don't want to do this to you. Mm-hmm. you it immediately it's such a strong manipulation technique that you know now I know but at the time it was exactly what I needed to hear for me to be like you know what like I love you more like I know I may feel like shit but Mm. I'm gonna make it work because I don't want you to feel that I don't love you I don't want you to feel that I'm abandoning you Mm. because you know and and oftentimes I feel like people a person who is the victim of a narcissistic relationship has experienced so much trauma themselves. Mm. And that's what I was about to say, because they might be using their trauma in order to lure you in. However, these people knew very well that you have experienced this kind of trauma. Exactly. 
So what they did is use your experience, your hurt and your pain in order to make you stay closer to them and not leaving them, mm-hmm. which is a very manipulative mechanism, basically. Very, very. And listen, if you're listening to this, don't ever for one second think that a person using their own pain or trauma against you for them to keep you in the relationship is okay in any way, shape, or form. That is not okay. Mm-hmm. That is not okay. And as a person, I mean, I don't talk from a therapist because I'm not a therapist, but from somebody who's been there, like like I said many times, it's not your responsibility to fix anybody. Right. And if you have explained and explained and explained your complaints and your issue in the relationship and your and instead of you being met with, okay, let's fix this, or I hear you, I validate you, like, let's talk about this, and you're immediately pushed to the point where you're about to give up because you're not hurt anymore, and the immediate thing is, oh my God, you're leaving me, mm-hmm. oh, you don't love me, oh, uh, like, you are, like, they're using this manipulation technique on you, just leave, like, just leave, because that is just not somebody who genuinely loves you and wants to work the relationship with you this is somebody who is feeding off of you and feeding off the relationship and they have personal reasons for them to have you into their life not because they actually want to work it out right because when somebody's leaving you and you're in a relationship the first thing you're gonna say in a healthy relationship is not why you're leaving it's not actually you're leaving me uh i love you uh, and you're taking advantage of my love is actually asking them what are the reasons that made you not feel good in this relationship and you're leaving Mm me yeah so they're not pushing all you know the the weight of the relationship or on your soldiers but they're wondering what's the part of them that has caused you discomfort that has made you wanting to leave this relationship and this is a very important difference Mm. yes 100 i mean i think that i mean right now i'm single and i'm not in like a healthy relationship for me to say but i think that um a a healthy indication of a a good healthy relationship is when you first of all you don't feel anxious to express a problem Mm. you don't like i would genuinely feel i could have a heart my heart was i would have like uh my heart was being really fast Mm. i would sweat i would feel nervous to express my problem like how even how little or small it would would be and either i would feel this was in the narcissist relationship i would feel scared like almost like nervous to express why would you be scared though because i felt that i was gonna be shot down or Mm -hmm. that i was gonna be called crazy which was the case every single time and rightful rightfully so um but you know it was you know, if, if you're in a healthy relationship, you won't feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. you, it, it will feel like just a genuine, like, conversation. Like, you know what, babe? Like, yesterday, you said something that kind of, like, hit a nerve for me. And, right. you know, I kind of don't appreciate it. Like, I'm just letting you know because it, it just didn't feel right for me. And you know how I feel, you know, when you talk about that. And, you know, you just talk about it. And, and I feel like the response would be like, you know, thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't say that like that. And you just have that conversation and you don't have a fight. You don't, you know, and 
I feel like that is a response of a healthy relationship. Right. Because in a narcissistic relationship, the other person does not want to cover your needs. It's not about you. Mm. It's all about them. And I remember an example that a person gave me once in therapy. Uh, they told me that um, they were with their husband because uh, she was married. And she told me that she started saying she had to go to, to the doctor to have a, a blood test, I think, a checkup, whatever. And she, she didn't have a car. So the first thing she said is, so tomorrow I have a doctor appointment. And before she completed the sentence, he went off like, you always want me to carry you around. I can't do this anymore. So he took the whole thing on him. Like, I'm so important that you, the first thing he thought is that I need to cover um, your problem and that you are a burden for wanting me to cover this issue. Like, these are very, very important hints. Oh my God. I just remembered a story real quick. Like, I don't want to sidetrack, but this is literally what you said. Like, this is just to say how these people have like such like specific traits. What you just said, the same thing happened to me. Um, I was in a different country. Like I wanted, and I was in a different country and his family was there and I, he literally asked me to take an Uber, like a 45 minute Uber, which cost like 35 euro, you know, mm. equivalent to go pick up his glasses. Okay. And then drive back. So honestly, like a total of like 60 euro worth of Uber to go back and forth to pick up glasses. Okay. Oh. And there was one time that um, he had forgot his card uh, in, a, in, a, in a restaurant that we were, which was close to my work. And because I was studying for my finals and I was working at the same time, I just, it completely like slipped my mind. It wasn't something that, you know, was a priority for me, but it was just like a two minute right. walk. And it took me a week to actually like go pick it up. But I had spoken with the restaurant and stuff like that. Like I had told them like, you know, I'm going to pick it up in, in, during the week and stuff. And I did. And it took me a week. And I was in Italy for work. And um, I asked them because my family was going to come here. And, and he was, you know, living in the house and stuff like that. I asked him if he could, um, you know, you know, uh, gather some, some of my things mm -hmm. to give for my family to bring to me. And it became such an issue. Like, it was like, mm -hmm. you know what? Like, I will do this for you, which he didn't have to travel anywhere. He didn't have to do anything. He just had to go in my room, pick some things up, put them in a bag. And my, my grandma would just go and pick it up. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was such a big thing. It was like, you know what? I'm gonna do this for you, but the next time I ask you to do something, I want you to do it when I tell you to, because it's such an issue. Every time I ask you to do something, you don't do it, and you always have this attitude like it's a like it's such a bother for you to do it. And when I asked you to pick up my card from that store, it it was such a big issue, and you just don't do it. And whenever you ask me to do something, I always do it whenever you want me to. Mm. And I told him like, but like I just went last month and I did. I spent 60 euro and I did literally an hour and a half of a journey for glasses mm. that you don't even need. And you don't even count that. And you, it, it was just, it felt like your brain cells would just burn right. because it makes absolutely no it sense. It makes no sense. That's why it's very important when I have people coming to therapy and they are in these relationships because a narcissist would never go 
or therapy very rarely never um i have only experienced one person coming to therapy with that issue mm. um It's very interesting that they became my favorite uh, client. Okay. <laughs> It was very intense, you know, the transference, as we call in therapy. Uh, but um, yeah, the person that comes in therapy and is in a relationship with another person who has narcissistic traits, it's very important for them to understand that it's either they will decide that this is how it's going to be mm. or that they have to prepare themselves to, to leave the relationship. Yeah, because it's it's really really hard for the other person to actually uh, change. I mean, we all when when I say narcissist, I'm talking about a person who has a clinically significant issue. We all have narcissistic traits. There is healthy narcissism, the ability to believe in yourself, um, to love yourself, to have faith in you. But when we're talking about clinical cases, we're talking about individuals who. This, be this behavior has been so crystallized that it's really hard for them mm -hmm. to change. Yes. I mean, yeah, obviously we're talking about the, like the negative aspect. Um, you know, I was thinking that even though I was in therapy during my relationship with this person and, you know, and, and you know, you would think that, oh, you were in therapy, why didn't, why didn't your therapist tell you that you were in a narcissistic relationship or why didn't they try to warn you and to be honest to be honest i'm gonna i'm gonna say that i was not ready to hear that mm. in the sense that sometimes you're so gaslighted and manipulated that you make that Re that opinion that that your narcissist opinion of your relationship a reality can i ask you something different did you ever feel not maybe not very directly but that you had to somehow protect him to your therapist yes or sugarcoat situations yes this is also an effect yes of being with a person with these traits yes because there were many times where my nurse my narcissist my therapist would point out manipulation um like there were many times where i would tell her for example there was one occasion where i would tell her that you know um i expressed that i didn't like something that he did and he would it, it immediately turned he manipulated and gaslighted me to the point where i had to apologize mm -hmm. for something that he did that made me feel bad And she would say that to me. And there was, it was so like concrete in my mind that I had a reason to apologize mm. that she could not possibly change my mind. Exactly. And she would tell me like, yes, but didn't you feel like that? And, I, and in my mind immediately, I would be like, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Right. She doesn't know my relationship with him. I know my relationship with him. That's why in a... In a Isn't that crazy? It is. But oh that's, my God. That's why in therapy, we never give advices to people. Mm. Because if you tell someone, if I tell you, listen, Kiveli, you're in this situation, nothing's going to happen. You're just going to get an information that you're not going to be able to use. However, if you reach to the point that you will make this realization for yourself, it means yes. that you are more prepared you have better skills to decide what you want to do about it yes and this is very important yes 
And, you know, when I actually, like, ended the relationship and I was talking about it with my therapist, I was like, I asked her, I was like, didn't you realize that, didn't you have signs that he was a narcissist? And she was like, well, Kiveli, I've tried to, you know, point out to you mm-hmm. when I felt that you didn't validate your own feelings and they were used against you almost. And she actually told me instances. Mm-hmm. And it was like, my mind just went, like, it blew my mind because she was right. Like, she did say things, but I could not possibly for the life of me process that information because I was so manipulated, Mm. so manipulated that I couldn't see it. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't process it. It was just not something that I was ready to, you know, see. Like, it's like you have, you have this thing blindfold in front of your eyes and and you cannot see the truth for what it is that's why i feel like a lot of people they end up towards the very end where they've reached the complete breaking point of their relationship either because the narcissist is done with this person because Mm -hmm. if they're not done with you they will make sure that you stay around Mm -hmm. either because they're they're done with you or because you are starting to wake up to the fact of what is going on and you're over it you stop feeding them you stop feeding them um it's only at when you reach that point that you start to you know take the blindfold off and you're like holy shit like how did this how did i even allow this how did this even happen you know another point that i have to mention that is very uh important about these kind of relationships is that breakups or divorces with uh individuals with narcissistic traits are extremely hard processes Mm -hmm. uh there are individuals who will very hardly allow you to leave just like that from their lives and this is a stage that is very very uh, important and needs to be um you know you need to take care of it very carefully uh because it's not gonna be easy uh why because it's the greatest fear leaving them it's their greatest fear yeah right so because you what do you tell them you imply that you're not important and there is nothing more threatening for a person with these traits than telling them that you're not important right you, you, you're really shaking their, their whole existence. Seriously. So they won't allow you to leave. So I have heard instances where people uh, were in marriage and the divorce was extremely hard. They would not allow them to leave or relationships that the breakup actually took months and months to be settled. They would come back. They would make their presence, uh, you know, very, very, very loud. And it was really, really hard. My whole entire existence, literally. I Like... I, I I personally tried to leave a lot of times. I didn't, like I said, I didn't know that I was in a narcissistic relationship. And they will always know what to say and what to do in order to bring you back. And it makes you feel like you're crazy because the, the behavior does not change. You keep saying and saying and saying that, you know, something is wrong, something is wrong, something is wrong. You're trying to, you know, bring the issue up. You're trying to talk about it. You're just met with gaslighting and this, that, and third. You end up to a breaking point. You say, I'm done. Mm. And then all of a sudden, there's a switch that they immediately say exactly... You, they tell you exactly what you've been wanting to, to hear. hear the entire time. They are doing the things that you've been wanting for them to do the entire time. And that is a sign 
if you're listening, for you to just not buy it. Mm. Because if they wanted to, they would have done it all that time ago that you kept bringing it up. Like, why is it when you're just about to leave or when you finally say, I'm done, that they start saying the same thing? That Literally the right. same thing. Because... Um, that's what happened to me. Like, I literally got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I can't do it. And they would say, like, exactly, exactly what, needed to what I needed to hear mm-hmm. for me to feel like, oh, I'm, they will feed you this little touch of information, this little touch of something that will make you feel that you're not crazy and that you're invalidated and you will hold that for dear life because you're, you're, Manipulated to the point where you honestly feel like you're nothing without them. Mm. They will make you feel like you cannot live life without them. Like I remember one time he told me like you uh, he told me like you you think that you will find something better out there, but it doesn't exist. I'm the best thing that's ever happened to you. You will regret that. Um, you will realize that all these men out there are shit. And you will regret the fact that you lost me. Mm. And it made me feel like, based on the, the chronic, the, the, you know, the extent of the manipulation as well, it made me feel anxious, like, oh my God, is he right? Am I not mm. going to be able to, you know, find love again? And in reality, it's, it, he's the fucking problem. Like, mm. this is like the worst situation that it will be. And I also feel like from my perspective, and I don't know if somebody else has told you that as well, but... Um, when the love bombing ends and then they start showing the true colors and, you know, the, the, the whole toxic thing starts and, you know, you reach that breaking point and this cycle of breaking, them saying the right thing and then mm. going back, it gets so shit. It ends up being in such a dark place and it's so shit that whenever they give you that love or whenever they give you that small period of time where it's good, so-called, you will hold that in dear life for dear life so strongly and so well that you are instead of like okay let me put it this way it's like even though you have 10 things that are shit they give you those two things that are good and you just focus on the good mm-hmm. and you're just like yeah but last month he bought me a bracelet for no reason just to show me that he appreciates me and you will hold that Mm. Even though the other like two months, it's just, oh, you're not doing this enough. You're not good enough for that. Or why do you always complain? You're so like, don't wear this. Don't do that. It's just, just shit fucking behavior. Mm. But you just think about this one positive thing that they could have done. I don't know if this, if that's a, like a victim thing or not. It's a victim thing. And what, what I was about to say is that this is a, a, a behavior that, that you see and you expect from people who have been victimized or traumatized in a very young age. Because mm-hmm. this is a definition of being a victim of abuse. So when we see, for example, childhood abuse, we see someone, a parent that, or uh, an, an adult who is going to sugarcoat or offer a gift to someone so they can actually uh, abuse them. Mm. So there might be one bad event, but there are going to be three very nice events beforehand. So people who have experienced trauma and victimization are in a much more you know, high-risk uh, position than other individuals 
And this is very, very important, uh, especially to work with when you are in therapy with an individual like that, because it's also very important to treat carefully, not the person who is abusive, who is abusive but also the person who has been abused. Mm. Because it might generate and activate things that they are very, very deep in, in this individual psychic. Mm. I mean, it is very interesting because I've said in my previous podcast that I, I do come from a background where I've, I've experienced childhood trauma, abuse in various forms. So mm. it does sound like it was basically just another form of abuse, but in a different way. But in, the pattern is the same, mm. if that makes sense. That, that's why I don't know if, if you have noticed this in, your, in yourself, but during that period, you might also have had brought out to you regressive behavior, like attitudes or behavior that you were experienced as a younger child or as a younger version of yourself during a period of, a period of trauma. Yeah. And these things might have gotten reactivated again in a period when you were experiencing another trauma in an intimate relationship because either if you're a parent or if you're uh you know a boyfriend or a girlfriend we, we define these are intimate relationships mm. i mean i did realize that what it did to me was i lost track about on, on who i was mm. because you know you you hear this thing of like oh what you're feeling is not like that you're actually feeling like this or what you're saying is not how it really is it's like that or this constant thing and um you know you kind of lose track of who you are like i remember just being very you know confused Mm -hmm. with my feelings like i would have days where i would just randomly cry like for no reason even though nothing would necessarily happen Mm. or it would get to the point where he would just barely raise his voice and i would lose my shit Mm. i would lose it like or even when i was by myself i which by the way the crying for no reason i had when i was a kid Mm. because i realized that you know through therapy is that you know because i wasn't allowed to express myself as a kid and and tell my 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 parents or you know the person who was abusing me like what was going on because i i deserved it right um in their mind i deserved it and i i never said like how it made me feel mm. i just took that pain and it was just you know in me and there would be many times where i would have the slightest bit of like an argument and it would trigger me and like lose it this is called displacement in psychology when the actual trigger does not bring out the reaction but irrelevant situations bring out the emotion yeah literally literally irrelevant Mm. like literally at school and a teacher being like why didn't why didn't you do your exercise you were supposed to do this one and it would be like, oh my fucking God. And I would just go to the bathroom and just have but, a full... But this is a mechanism because you displace your emotion because you know that when it actually is triggered, it's not safe for you to be vulnerable. Mm. But because the emotion has to be expressed, when you feel less threatened, a teacher, for example, it comes out. Yeah. And that is literally what happened to me in, within the relationship as well. Mm like for no reason at all and you know 
I don't know. I don't know. And I also feel like, because you said earlier that, you know, um, using your own trauma for them to, you know, easily manipulate you and this, that. Mm. Personally, I also, you know, I said in like uh, two podcasts ago, I think, um, but I said about, you know, my experience with pregnancy and loss, which, you know, was with that person, that narcissist. And, you know, um, I feel like that also created a trauma bond. Okay. And I don't know how you as a therapist, you know, like a therapist would, um, you know, experience it like say that but i also feel like that also plays a very important role if you're already in a relationship and you have a trauma bond Mm -hmm. that it makes it even worse i'm wondering however this trauma bond whether it's an actual event in the sense that he experienced the same intensity of emotions as you did or once again if it's a fantasy of yours that he experienced it the same way as you did no, I think that the trombone was personally for me. Okay. My trauma with that event, I tied it with this person. Mm. He did not have the same reaction as me whatsoever at okay. all. I did not dive into that in my the, the podcast that I talk about it. He did not have at all the same reaction as me. But I think personally, um, it just made things worse for me without mm. even realizing because I immediately like identified, you know, that insignificant event in my life with this person and it immediately made me put this person on a pedestal almost. Mm. Like this person is different than the rest because I've experienced this with him. Mm. And I haven't experienced that with somebody else. And that, when my head, makes us closer but it wasn't reciprocated it it just wasn't the same that's why i'm wondering whether at the time or even now was a reaction of you to actually cope with the event Mm. this is much deeper uh, conversation but sometimes uh when we find meaning behind situation it allows us to cope with really difficult situations yeah in a better way yeah this is interesting uh, because there were a lot of women who had experienced that mm-hmm. um for other women that have experienced you know loss uh you know of a child whether it be abortion or you know miscarriage mm-hmm. it's interesting that you say that because you know everybody copes differently right and um you know i don't want to like sidetrack because the topic today is toxic relationships and narcissism but yeah, um, we could definitely talk about that in a yes. different episode. Trauma and loss uh, are a very big chapter and very important chapter because trauma and loss are also significant parts of life. Yes. Right? So definitely, I think it would be very um, interesting. Yeah. Um, to go back to the, you know, the, the, pre- the topic that we were at... Um, Basically, I mean, we said a lot of things, but, right. you know, if for somebody who's hearing now and, you know, they've, they've, they've had the conversation, they've listened to us until now and they've pinpointed a lot of things that we've said and they might think that, oh, you know what, maybe I am in a narcissistic relationship. Right. Or maybe I am in a toxic relationship. What would you say uh, if they were, you know, working with you or what would you, you know, maybe advise on how to possibly deal with that? 
how to you know handle that situation if they if someone is identifying these things all right the first thing is that people who understand that do not have to act immediately sometimes when you are in a situation for a very long time it needs some you know time to process and prepare yourself so the first thing i would i would suggest is start taking care of yourself in any way possible go to a good therapist go to a good group um find support from your friends go to church start getting energy back after you get this energy and this support you need to start um accepting that this is a dead end and this is a very very dif- difficult wow uh, realization wow this what you just said like it kind of like triggered me because mm. Honestly, if you have never been in a narcissistic relationship, that is the hardest part to accept that it's over. To accept that it's done. This is very very difficult. It's I think it's the most difficult part because you might reach a point that you actually realize that you are gaslighted, that you are manipulated, you've realized that. But even though you may realize because even personally like i remember us having that conversation back then mm. i knew that i was manipulated i knew but it was so hard to get to the point where you're just like yo this is done mm. like to mentally make that switch and say it's over i think this happens uh for many reasons but also because either being the narcissist or being the victim we find use and meaning in this position wow we also get you know uh we feed ourselves from the position of the victim always in every system be that family be that relationship you stay in a position because you also gain something out of this position. Possibly this is a position you had in your family as well. Wow. Be that the one that takes all the responsibility, the fixer, the victim, there are many labels to it because every individual is unique. But the most difficult thing for you to do and this is why therapy or any other form of support is important is for you to decide that I'm leaving this comfort zone of my position. Comfort zone is the key. Exactly. My god, comfort zone. I said that I think in my second episode that there was something about being in pain. I remember saying that there was something about being in pain that was familiar to me. Mm. And build what you said a comfort zone and that's why it's so hard to say I am done because you're making a conscious decision to leave that comfort zone and risk. Right risk into the unknown because you don't know what it's like to be happy healthy respected loved or being alone even mm. because i feel like people also you know they are they think that being alone equals loneliness or you know something bad and that is you know that something different because you could codependency is another thing i personally have an experience codependency mm-hmm. but i know people who also have codependency issues and are in a narcissistic or toxic relationship right it's even harder 
It's really, really hard indeed. Um, I don't know, it's, it's not an easy process, but it also, every breakup, every breakup, of every re- divorce, it's also a loss. We call it sometimes a small death. Yeah. Because you actually mourn the other person mm-hmm. when they're stopping in your life. This is why this needs to be taken, you know, care very carefully. And you need to allow yourself to go through this process. Mm. It's not going to stop in a day or a week. It's, uh, sometimes I tell the people I work with that this is a magical thinking. That uh, I'm done and in two weeks I have to start feeling good again. No, this is not it. You need to go through this process and you need to do it in order to get it out of your system in a healthy way. Because it's going to come out. No matter how much we suppress emotions and situations, it doesn't matter. They will find a way to come out either verbally or, um, you know, through somatization. This is very, very, very important. Allow yourself, especially after being so suppressed in a relationship, at least allow yourself to take your time to heal. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your advice would be basically to, you know process get your energy back right like do whatever you can if you believe in god go to church or you know pray but whatever it is that you can to you know get some energy back and then you you said that you know it's important to realize that it's over it's over take responsibility for your position and start wondering and working on whether you want to be in this position in your life because unless you work on yourself and your patterns Mm. it will repeat themselves exactly and you know um this is a matter of responsibility again because after it happens two or three times at some at some point you need to say that okay um i I will do something about it or that i will live like that and it's completely your decision but you need to be aware of your choices and i feel like that's why when it uh, that's why when it really really ends like for real the person is left with nothing nothing like like you feel like a literal absolute zero Mm -hmm. like you are burned down like you are you feel like you are to in minus a hundred and that is because it's draining it's tiring you're at this point you're tired you're drained you don't have anything left in you and that is and it usually ends because of that because you have just nothing left to even give anymore Um, and you know, that's why I feel like I keep saying this in a, in a spiritual level, right? Not a therapeutic level, but in a spiritual level, um, if, if you are not ready to end, like get, like leave that comfort zone, it, life, God, whatever will make you Mm. ready. Mm. Like it will force you to the point where you just cannot physically mentally keep going anymore right and what i like to say because i really believe in it is okay you spend some time you have described to me all these incidents when you were trying to give love and support to the other person well you owe it to yourself that now for once you need to give love and support to yourself some people don't know how to do that, though. That's why they need to do this work with true. themselves. That's, that's why. And we're all humans, right? We don't yes. have things figured out. Period. There might be periods in our lives that this comes easily, but there are other periods in our life that we break down, and this is part of life. Yeah. 
the, the, the important thing is to know when we are at this state and, and take the care that we need. Communicate this with other people. Yes. Well, we've already said so much. Uh, I'm ready to read some questions if, sure. you, if you're okay. We have some questions from Joe. Joe says, this is a great topic. We'll catch up from, uh, from the podcast um, later on. She just joined. Uh, can you fix a narcissistic relationship if the other person wants to improve? I think I, I mentioned this uh, at some point. Uh, when we have a clinical case of a narcissist, I mean, a person with uh, many narcissistic traits, uh, it's actually very hard for a person like that to say that they want to improve. Mm. And from my experience is that, um, first of all, they don't find the reason why they need to improve because they don't understand that they need to do it in order to support the other person. Because what happens is that um, they believe that they have everything covered within themselves yeah. and that the problem is somewhere out of them. So when we're talking about a person with a clinical issue or with many narcissistic traits, we're talking about a person who is um, really difficult to actually um, move forward from that. But there are cases uh, of people who are not in this place. Uh, they do not have so many traits. Their case is not that clinical or severe. Uh, or yes, I suppose with a lot of work uh, and commitment, this might be um, possible. Of course, the other part needs to agree that I'm going to go through the process while the other person is trying to fix themselves or develop themselves in a way, not fix. Yeah, in my experience, a narcissist is never really capable to have a full extent of awareness of their problems mm -hmm. because they think that there's nothing wrong with them pretty much. Yeah, and I was reading a very interesting article, I'm going to say that very quickly, about because uh, there is a narcissistic personality disorder and they actually, people say that there is no re reason why we should call it a disorder because people who actually have it, they don't have a problem with their everyday life. Yes. We call something a disorder because it causes distress and changing in our, changes in our everyday life. Yeah. And sometimes because of this lack of e empathy, it's really hard for them to, to realize it. Yeah. There's another question that says, I always believed that if you show to your man what he is doing to you to make him feel the same, that he will change his behavior. <laughs> Do you think this is toxic? <laughs> well, this, uh, this is the, I think this is the an eye for an eye yeah. situation. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's the best way um, to, to, to treat uh, any kind of relationship because by causing the same pain that they cause you is uh, kind of a revengeful um, way of thinking. Um, and actually, when you want, you have to wonder why would you like to cause the other person uh, pain? If things reach at that level, maybe the relationship is... That's definitely toxic, is let me it, say. Yes, I, I, I've I'm done trying that. To, to say it in a... I've done that. It's yeah, not. It's, it's definitely not. toxic. I've, de I've definitely done that. Do you know why? Because even when you hurt the other person, you still hurt. Of course. This comes... I remember... Actually, I remember a, a, a person that came, came to me and they're like, I cheated on, on my partner because they cheated on me. Oh, and yeah. after they did it, after I did it, I felt worse than when I found out that they did it. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, not to sidetrack, but I have definitely done that. That's definitely toxic. Don't do that. You need to look 
into yourself a little bit and you know need to self-reflect because it's definitely not healthy yes (laughs) you know if somebody did you wrong and disrespected you in any way just take that sign that they are not invested in the relationship they don't really care and just move on like accept it and move on because that is just not um healthy like i've i've done that before like the the person was talking to other people we were in an exclusive relationship i didn't like that and because i i was toxic myself like i had toxic traits myself instead of just saying you know it's over and let's move on i lied to him and i was like oh yeah i talked to people too just just to make him feel the jealousy which he did feel jealous like he was like what the fuck like ah and i'm like I, even though I wasn't even talking to somebody, I was just like, I just want you to make you feel like shit because mm. you make me feel like shit. Did it make me feel better? Absolutely not. It actually made me feel worse because it created a huge argument, which drained me a lot. And it was just like, it was bad. Just don't do that. Take it for what it is. <laughs> and, and I doubt that the other person actually will understand because what happens when someone is mistreat, mistreating someone, being that cheating on them or abusing them, it's not you who, who is the problem. It's, mm. it's, it's within them. So yeah. even if you do the same thing, it's not going to make a significant change in their way of being, in their way of understanding things. This is a different process. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. For coming thank you it's been actually amazing i enjoyed it very much i'm definitely gonna invite you soon again because i feel like we could just talk forever mm. um for people who are listening where can they find you if they want to reach out if they're interested in you know okay talking to you where can people find you i actually recently created uh my instagram professional uh page because many people uh found uh easier reaching out to me through social media uh yes. it's uh, actually my name in english anastasia muratidu therapy so they can always find me there uh dm me um you know uh ask questions or reach out for any kind of support they need i'm always happy to listen yeah and i will definitely definitely tag her on my awaken sundays page on instagram don't forget to go visit there i always post also like inspirational quotes and i always update you guys on you know upcoming episodes guests and so on and so forth so we'll definitely have a post and i will tag her as well if you want to reach out to her if you want to learn more about her and what her work and what she does and also your thesis your your thesis was amazing by the way yeah i i'm actually accepted for for a conference uh in in malta uh, because this uh, is a research about sexuality and the effect of culture and on second generation Nigerian women in Athens has never been done before. Amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very very excited about this and other comes uh, other things that are about to come. Yeah. So definitely definitely reach out to her or to me. And thanks again for another episode. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. And hope you have a great, great, amazing week ahead. Thank you so, so much. Bye. Bye.